0: Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton.
1: And I'm Susan Touchton.
0: Yeah, we still only have one mic, so we may only be in one of your ears. We're, we talk to the guy that helps us, and hopefully we'll get resolved by next week. But I keep saying that, and it keeps not happening. So anyway, we're going to let Susan kick this thing off.
1: So we, um, you know, we talk to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it seemed, feels like every... Buddy, we talked to um, is in some kind of trial or is just going through some kind of difficulty, um, challenge, wondering what God's doing, if he's listening, if he's... Um, so this morning, um, I read this, um, and I can't take credit for it. It's a repost, and I posted it to my facebook um it's from a modern day ruth i don't know who that is so if you're listening this is this really struck home and so um it's called in the midst of it and um you know what it says is daniel never prayed for the lions to go away so when you know the bible story of daniel in the lion's den um never did he pray for the lions to go away shadrach meshach and abendigo who got thrown in the fire for praying to God. Um, he never, they never prayed that the fire would go away. David, who faced Goliath, never prayed for the giant to go away. And God didn't save, save them from the lion's den or from the fire. He saved them in, while they were in the den and in the fire. They allowed God to teach them something in the midst of it. It will not be too difficult for God to remove the Red Sea, but he prepared a way through it. And God will deliver you and give you victory through your problems. God shows up in the midst of your heartbreak, sorrow, pain, and trials, bringing glory to the situation God shines through your suffering. When you lack, he is sufficient. Experience God's goodness in the midst of it. In them and through them so I just uh, you know that really struck a chord with me this morning just because we've been you know every day is a trial that feels like of some sort or another and uh, we both believe that God is trying to teach us something that we're supposed to be learning something there's a reason why we're waiting you know, in in this process of trying to figure out what he's doing, there's a reason for it. Um, and I think that we get so caught up in the day-to-day and in the heaviness of the problem, the issue, the trial, the grief, whatever the case may be, that we really miss um, what God's trying to show us through it. And, you know, I'm I'm in the Word in the mornings for sure, Um, And I try to be consistently, but sometimes at the end of the day, when I'm really tired of all the things that have happened during the day and when I'm really um, either stressed or, but really it's more tired, you know, I don't think about going to God. I think about going to other things to um, bring me that comfort or bring me um, that, whatever it is I'm looking for. And so Um, It was just kind of a nice reminder for me this morning that God's not going to remove the situation, whatever that is, from our lives because he wants to either bring glory to himself. He wants us to learn something from it. He wants us to rely on him, to call out to him. He wants us to draw closer to him because he wants to show himself faithful through this. And so... um, I just wanted to kind of share that this morning, because like I said, I know the majority, there are, I can't think of any conversations that I've had in the last several months that somebody says, you know, things are going really well right now. I don't have any issues, no struggles, no problems. Um, I think everybody is going through something. Um, And uh, it, it looks different for everybody. But God is the same in every situation, and um, He's faithful. And you know, He's just there's a there's a reason, a method behind His madness, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it makes me think of uh, James one two, which James is one of those that I really I love to hate because James is not fun. Consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come to you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. Man, that's great to say, as long as it's somebody else going through it and not you. Um, You know, and that's what I was praying this morning. We really get to the point that what we feel is important and in the midst of it, we get so focused on that, that we really discount anything God's done for us. Mm -hmm. And so you get to the point where just because you don't have that one item, then God hadn't done anything. You know, he's not faithful. He hadn't answered prayers. He hadn't done... When really the, the whole day he's done stuff that we refuse to give him credit. We prefer to call it karma or, you know, it just happens or, you know, um, look at what I did. Um, and it kind of gets to the point to where you get into this, for lack of a better word, negative Nancy attitude and if your name's Nancy I apologize but <laughs> um but you get into this whole world sucks when really okay let let's just go with five things in your life may not be perfect you may be in waiting you may may not got a resolution you may maybe you're just frustrated but what about the other 95 percent? You know, it's easy to discount that as, um, you know, well, uh, it, it just happens. And the thing is, and that's that kind of gets to that point of, so what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the negative every day or the positive? Okay, let me take you down the simple road. We have grandchildren. All of them are healthy. Huh, there's something to be happy about Um, all of our children are healthy. Huh? There's something to be happy about. None of our children are on our couch eating our food and taking our money. Huh? That's something to be happy about, you know, but we're happy about it for a moment. And then we, we discard it as, well, I've already been happy about that. So I'm not going to be happy about it anymore. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, um, when you're going through the fire, the easiest way to get through it is focus on what he's already done for you. Um, be aware of of the things that are still going on that he's still doing instead of the negative.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, a lot of times we think that what's so important to us has got to be important to God, When in reality, it may not be, you know, um, what causes us so much stress and anxiety, bitterness, you know, God's like this in the whole scheme of things. If you would look at the big picture, if I could show you the big picture without you totally freaking out, this is minor, this doesn't matter in the whole scheme of things and I think it was last week we talked a little bit about um, in eternity is this really going to matter is this going to make a difference when we get to eternity you know and the thing of it is is I've seen a lot of posts I've heard a lot of talk about are we living in the end times it is the end times well first of all Nobody knows when the end times are going to be. The Bible's very clear about that. Um, Now, there's things that are happening that are in preparation for his return, as the Bible clearly talks about as well. Um, So, you know, it's like, and trust me when I tell you I am preaching to myself more than anybody of, in the whole, is this one incident or this one situation Is it going to matter when Jesus returns? Am I going to be found faithful when he returns by the way I'm acting in this situation that really doesn't matter?
0: Yeah. Well, our focus gets to be about what's the elephant in front of us and we can't see anything past it. And then we dwell on it. Then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. And it doesn't get fixed. And then it gets worse. And You know, that's one thing that, you know, no different than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, They were not all upset about the fire because they knew who God was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's one of those things when you start turning it, we're going to change this conversation to your spouse. um, There is a huge amount of negatives in me. And a huge amount of negatives in Susan of why we are not great spouses. But you can focus on the negative, which let me tell you how that story ends. You get divorced because all you see is the negative. Do, do you see the positive in your spouse? And then do you let them know it's a positive? Because, you know, we all need help support being picked up some days. Where, where God just, you know, we, we've got the thing of, hey, I'm going to show you that, yes, I love you. and and But we tend to just focus on the negative. I know a lot of people that are currently in the midst of getting divorced that only have negative things to say about their spouse. Mm-hmm. Or the person that's been divorced for five years that only has negative things. That is not true. That's the elephant in front of you you've got to start digging to the truth. If not, you're going to crucify your spouse because they're not perfect. Well, here's the bad news. Neither are you. That's just true.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot in response to that. Um, You know, I think that it's easy to forget um, why we fell in love, why we, decided to get married in the first place. Um, You know, we get so caught up in life and making a living. And we were doing that when we were dating. We were both out of school. We both had jobs. We were still trying to survive and make a living, but he could do no wrong. And oh my goodness, everything was roses and rainbows. And we were so in love and everything was great. Yes, things have changed. Yes, we've had kids. Yes, um, our responsibility, I guess, has maybe increased. But um, those feelings that we had back then um, are still there. But I think that we bury them under all the day-to-day, mucky, yucky stuff. And so they don't get the opportunity to present themselves um instead of just really um, having conversations and um, really trying to see the good in the other person and sometimes on some days, it's really hard to find that good um, but they could probably say the same thing about you.
0: Well, and I think you bring up a good point, you know, when we were dating, everything was great and wonderful, as you say, but, Let's be real honest. Both of us had the other person as the main priority. Period.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: And so it wasn't that we've changed. It's we've changed the priority of the person. Mm-hmm. And so when when you're in that dating mode in the first year or two, whatever it is, the the honeymoon period, to where you know, what happens over time is you take your folk, you lower their priority level where other things take higher priority. So in turn, your concerns, not giving them what they want or need. It's about getting what you need or want. And so it's kind of one of those things of what's your priority? Is it all the negatives in front of you? Is your spouse even a priority? I mean, do they even rank in the top 10 of, I want to make sure their needs are met today? Or are they in the bottom hundred? Because that's where divorce happens, is if they your spouse gets low enough on the list of priority then you stop taking care of them at all and you deal with the five elephants in front of you and can't get out of that thing, you know? And I think it's one of those things that we've been deceived in the white picket fence and everything's wonderful um, when really we need to have the conversation, is your spouse still a priority? Is your spouse in the top 10 of your priorities, Five, four three, two, one, or do they not make the list at all today because of what you feel the world's giving you?
1: Or because you have taken on too many other priorities. Um, You know, I understand. And and we've talked about this several times in our podcast is, you know, you're, you have these kids and obviously um, you, your kids are a priority. Um, But again, when you start making your kids the priority, then your spouse gets pushed down. Um, and I'm not saying that your kids shouldn't be a priority, they should. But in the process of having your kids as a priority, you can't lose sight of the fact that your husband should still be, or your spouse should be, the first priority. Because here's what's going to happen we've had three ki- wonderful kids, they grew up. And they moved out and we're praising the Lord for that. We're very thankful for that. Um, so now we're stuck with each other. And I say that in the most lovingest way, but that's the, th- I mean, you raise your kids to grow up and be functioning adults in society. Well, when they do that, then it's just you and your spouse. And so, If you've pushed them down on the priority list and your main priority, if they were your kids, are now gone, how do you push that priority back up? Because they're so far down that there's hurt, there's resentment, there's whatever. Um, And so in the midst of raising your kids, your spouse still has to be, should be, at the top of the priority list to start well, dating again.
0: Well, I remember one time Haley and Susan got into it. Haley's our oldest, and it was it was a good battle. Susan had had a very bad day, and she had said something just off the cuff, which was not correct. And her and Haley got into it, and Haley's good about calling him out, calling her out, and so she drug me into the conversation. Haley did. So I get into the conversation. I'm like, Haley, your mom's right. She's like, no, she's not. And you know it. I said, your mom's right. And your mom, you're going to do what your mom says. Well, that ended. Susan went to bed. She always went to bed early. And so I drug Haley out in the garage and I said, you need to understand something. You will leave. Your mom's not going to. I back her. Well, you know, she was wrong. I said, she was wrong in this situation, but I back your mom. Because you will leave and it's going to be me and her. Then what do we do? I said, I'm not going to fight your mom. Well, a couple of weeks later, they got into it again. And, uh, I just from the living room yelled out, Haley, you want me to get involved? And she's like, no, because she knew. And, and that's, we've said this a lot on this podcast, but if you're not standing back to back with your spouse, fighting the world, then that means you're fighting your spouse. It's not that you're just trying to survive the world. You're fighting your spouse. Because they're the closest closest one to you. And and it's a very hard concept to do daily. Back and you fight against us, against everyone else. And that's kids. That's parents. That is everybody that's in this world. You know, you are there to protect that person's back. The moment you walk away and they get blindsided they're now fighting you and you say, well, it won't last. Yeah, it does. Because what ends up happening is they remember they got blindsided by you and they no longer trust you. Mm -hmm. They no longer trust you to have their back. And then a molehill takes time and makes a volcano. And then you wonder what the hell happened. And it, you know, that's the thing is at some point in time, you have to evaluate and you say, my kids are the most important. I have bad news. They're not. Your kids will survive. We, we grew up in the 80s, 70s and 80s. We survived being the kids that, you know, don't come in the house. I mean, literally, I would leave in the morning on my bike and I knew I had to be home when the streetlights come on. My parents had no idea what I was doing or where I was at, nor did it matter. I survived. Now, my question for you is, are your kids too high of a priority in in your list? Mm -hmm. Um, Have you taken your spouse for granted? And, you know, well, they don't do this and they don't do that. And and you start down that road. But what about the things they do take care of? And you say, well, I don't have any. Well, you probably ought to pray about that because you need to be knocked off your pedestal. (sighs) You're, you're not quite as high and mighty of taking care of everything because I'm going to say 95% of the time, your spouse does a lot that you don't acknowledge. And so you get focused on the negative and quit worrying about your spouse.
1: Well, and I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking like, I know that travel ball has become a huge thing. We did it with all three of our kids. We were gone on the weekends all the time. And yes, it was great family time, but it did not bring David and I any closer. Um, We were all together, but it's not like we had any, you know, we were either with the kids or we were in uh, a group of, you know, all the players, but...
0: Well, um, even sometimes we had three traveling. Right. And so so we, we worked together. Right.
1: Um, but you know, you think about the time that you spend running your kids and, and getting them involved in everything, um, and how little time you spend trying to build your relationship and trying to date your spouse or, and again, we've been there, done that. We've, you know, we had, we didn't date while we were raising our kids, um, and I say that we, we were intentional about every three to six months, we would leave them at the grandparents' house and we would get away because otherwise we would have probably been divorced because, um, you know, you get to a certain point, life gets so crazy and busy that you neglect each other. And David would be like, okay, time out. We need to, we need to get away and, and refocus. Um, but I've heard a lot of people, well, I don't. You know, I don't want to spend time with my spouse anymore. I don't even like him anymore. Okay, you've got to, again, go back to think about what made you fall in love with him. You liked him at one point in time. And I'm not saying people don't change. I'm not saying that things don't happen and personalities change and all this. But the, the person that you fell in love with is still there somewhere. Um, And you may have to really pull it out of them by conversation or what's going on or why have you changed or um, I feel like you've changed, you know, kind of what's overwhelming you or whatever the case may be, because, you know, you can say you don't like them, you don't want to spend time with them. Um, I'm thinking of of a couple that's going through a situation right now and divorce is probably going to be the end story, but... At some point in time, you all fell in love and you really cared about each other and you decided it would be a good idea to get married. Go back to that time. Quit being so selfish. You know, we are a selfish, selfish um, world. And that's a lot of what is, you know, going on in our world. And um, it's easy to fall into that selfish trap because... You know, we feel like we are offend. We get offended, or they're not doing their part, or it's always me doing my part, or this, that, and the other. Quit. You know, we gotta quit um, keeping tallies and just stand up and do. Really, search out why you fell in love with your spouse to begin with, and figure out how to get back to that point.
0: Well, and I'm I'm gonna cross the line here that you're not gonna like if you're listening to this. Because what I've found to be true is you're getting what you give. Mm-hmm. Your spouse is a mirror. If you don't like your spouse, that's because your spouse probably doesn't like you because you're being a crap head. <laughs> you're degrading them. You're putting them down. You're only seeing the negative. What i found true with Susan is the more I take care of her, the more I get a better response back. The less, if I wait for her to do it, then that means she's getting zero, but I expect a hundred percent from her to me. I have bad news. It's probably your fault. You, you need to own a portion of it Mm -hmm. at least 50%. And you know, whether it be the guy or the, the woman in the conversation, what I can promise you is you're going to be a majority of the problem because, and I'm going to go with both you are 75% wrong, which doesn't equal 100, <laughs> and I get that. But from your perspective, if you're not looking at your spouse and trying to give them what they need, then why would they give you anything back Mm -hmm. that you need? It won't happen. I I can promise you we did it for decades. We focused on the kids. We didn't focus on the spouse. We just were trying to do travelable, whatever. Um, And so when you don't get what you want from your spouse, you blame them when really it's your fault. I mean, like it or not, somebody has to be the adult and start. Somebody has to be the adult in the group to say, you know what? I don't care how they treat me. I'm going to try to meet every one of their needs. Because that's what you were doing when you started dating. That was your priority when you started dating and you loved them the most. And that's, that's the thing is, it's easy to blame the other person. Because then you don't have to change anything about you. If you want your marriage to turn around, start changing you. Start looking at your spouse differently.
1: Yeah, and I'm just going to throw kind of a curveball here because I just thought about this. You know, a lot of our problems while we were raising kids is because... We were trying to keep up with the Joneses, and I know that's a cliche, and sorry, Joneses, if you're listening. But, you know, we worked so hard at trying to put on the appearance of having it all together, and we had all the toys, and we, you know, wanted people to think that we had money. We wanted to um, think that our kids were perfect, that our marriage was perfect. Like, we spent so much time and energy trying to make an a- appearance for the world to look at us and say oh they really got it going on when in reality that caused a lot of our stresses um money issues obviously is a number one um, issue with marriage Um, we were spent at every turn because we had the boats we had the lake house we had all the things that we thought made us look good from a worldly standpoint um which is part of the reason we were so stressed out and so in conflict with one another is because we were so stressed out. We were trying to pay for all the crap that we had. Uh, we were trying to make sure that the kids were involved in everything so that they looked good and they had the best ball bats and the best gloves. And anyway, so just something to think about that, what are you doing? to impress other people that is causing stress on your marriage and your relationship and causing part of these turmoil and problems. And, you know, a lot of the trials and stuff that we go through is because it's self-inflicted, not necessarily because it's um, something that God is um, putting us through. He's just trying to help you get through what you've created.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and I know this, we're kind of beating you up today. <laughs> um, we—it's not our intent. It's not our intent. But if you're not accountable for what you do, then I have bad news. It's going to fail. Um, because, you know, what I found was the more I worked on me and the more I tried to take care of Susan, not like I did it well, and I know that, But at least I was giving effort. And the problem is, we tend to be, if I do it once for you, I expect you to change. Mm -hmm. And this is a marathon. Mm -hmm. This is a journey. This is every day. Forget about yesterday, because whatever you did yesterday no longer matters. It's what did you do today for your spouse and we love you, and we want to see you guys succeed. And if you're struggling merge. marriage, I mean, reach out to us. Not that we have the answers, but right. we've got a, a book of bad choices um, that we've done. That we can draw from. That we can draw from. Hey, you guys have a great, great week. I hate saying this, but share the video. You never know who God's got in the path to listen to it. Have a great day.